1: Hi everyone, it's KDT, Buildup's Program Coordinator. This week on the Nonprofit Buildup, we are continuing to share practical recommendations for nonprofits for surviving the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. The second part of the discussion was originally recorded as a webinar in March 2020 to address the difficult questions that surfaced as a result of the crisis. In this episode, Nick shares Funding Conversation Fundamentals that nonprofits can use during and post-crisis. You will hear Nick talk about crisis funding conversations, key funding elements, amending grant agreements, and innovative funding tools. All are critical to nonprofit sustainability. And with that, here is part two of Nick's discussion about surviving COVID-19 and beyond.
2: These are the funding conversation fundamentals. These are what I see as key elements of any funding conversation that you will have. And I think there's there's five. The first is do not wait for funders to reach out, be proactive. And if you're a funder, do not wait for your grantees to reach out, be proactive. And so if everyone's reaching out at the same time, I think that is a much better situation than both parties sitting back and waiting for the other. The second is to focus on sustainability, as we've been talking about. It is not just about this current crisis, even though you might have immediate needs. It is about building an organization for sustainability. The third is to not only just focus on your organization, but to also focus on the ecosystem in which your organization sits. And this is really important when you're starting to think about organizations that are led by people of color, who, again, if you look at the statistics, do not receive uh, Huge amount or percentage of the funding that comes out to work with marginalized or vulnerable communities. And so, if you're receiving funding, but you know that there is another organization that is left out of that funding conversation that is essential or critical to having your ecosystem work and get benefits and resources and support to those communities in need, you should make sure that your funding request focuses not only on your organizational needs in a bubble, but how your organization fits into that ecosystem. We'll have a slide on ecosystem that talks us in a little little more detail, but essentially you should really be thinking about how do I show up and make sure that some of these structural asymmetry that might exist, you know, people call it power imbalance, power dynamics, uh, lack of trust, all of those different pieces that your funding actually starts to step into that gap and starts to account. For some of that structural asymmetry so that we can help these organizations and help the communities in need. The next is that this is not a one-size-fits-all type of conversation. It should really be tailored to the funder and also based on the funder's strength and the funder's capacity. And the last is that it's not a one-time deal. It should be frequent. These conversations should not just be, taking hey, can you change my project support grant into a general support grant and that's it. It should be, here's what has been emerging, here are the needs that are coming up. We'll see here that I mentioned a nonprofit funding action plan that we put together, and it really does walk you through the assessment. How do you get ready for your assessment? How do you then step into the immediate situation to assess your needs? How do you create that model of excellence? And how do you start to close that delta between those two places to inform the ask? And then goes into how do you have this conversation with funders? And if you are interested in receiving that action plan, just let me know. I'm sending an email. I'll give you the contact information at the end. But this action plan really takes everything that we're talking about today in mind and sets you up for success with these conversations. The crisis funding conversations. this is what I want to focus on for the immediate and the short term. Should be on identifying your immediate needs, as we talked about, you will have been able to assess what those needs are, and so having that conversation will be focused, and it will be and clear. Second is to talk about expenses that are mounting or increasing costs, the revenue losses that you might be experiencing from cancel events and meetings and things like that, and actually to stop any sort of financial hemorrhaging, but making sure that you have the correct numbers to stop the financial bleed, so to speak. And so doing that assessment that we talked about earlier will be able to get you to do that. And that's the immediate crisis funding conversation. Understanding the funding. So when you're having these conversations, make sure that you understand the funding already provided to the organization to you and that has been used and understand and discuss what's still outstanding and unspent. Also make clear if it's committed already but just hasn't been spent, you want to make sure that you have those numbers clear. Then I think with outstanding funding, you need to track against your current and immediate needs. You cannot track against your current and immediate needs if you haven't done the assessment that we talked about. So it's critical that you make sure that you assess your immediate needs and be able to say, this is how we want the funding to track and do that tracking. Ensure the general support grants that you receive also meet the needs that you have. So I've been hearing a lot of, let's just switch the project support grant into general support. And I think more often than not, that will work well, but you also want to make sure that the language of the grant agreement allows you to do what it is you need to do to close that delta between where you are and your model of excellence. Amend any sort of current funding awards ensure that your needs are being met, and I'll talk to that in just a second. But we've been hearing about how do you amend an agreement, a grant agreement, to make sure that the needs that you have are being met by the funding. And then identify funding streams for your organization and find out how to leverage the funding that you're asking for to aid in creating those streams. So once you determine, here's that delta, and here's how I need to build, you want to make sure that your revenue is diversified and allows you to close that gap. And so if you know that getting funding from a particular foundation, you might be able to leverage that to create a membership program or some other source of funding, it's really important to diversify. The ecosystem approach is what we talked through. And the only thing I'll pull out here is that you should articulate how the grant or funding you receive will support this ecosystem. So that means, will you be an intermediary organization? Will you contract some of these organizations? Will the work that you do also have an impact on these other organizations in the ecosystem? But be very clear that you are part of this ecosystem and, again, be able to lift up the visibility of organizations that are sometimes made invisible in this system so you can all benefit the communities that we're working with. And I'll talk pretty briefly about amending grant agreements and also amending consultancy agreements. The first thing that I'll pull out here for amending grant agreements is that you want to make sure, do not assume that general support grants, as I mentioned, will automatically provide you the kind of flexible support you need. You want to make sure if, for example, you do not have a cash reserve and you want to be able to create one with this grant, if their boilerplate legal language is saying, well, we don't want our organizations to be able to create cash reserves or res- any sort of reserves with our funding, that language needs to be pulled out or it needs to be adjusted if that's what we want. Or just be clear that, okay, this is not going to be able to satisfy all of our needs, but we still have this other cash reserve need outstanding. So just be clear that just because it's general support does not mean it automatically solves everything. The other piece that I'll pull out here is to walk through that agreement to make sure you understand each provision. And even if you say at this point well, Nick, I don't know sometimes what some provisions say it's a lot of legalese. I think that is especially the time where you raise your hand and say, can you explain this provision to me? Because you need to make sure that when you're amending, you're amending to start to shrink that gap or that delta between where you are and where you're trying to go. I would say the same thing about many consultancy agreements, if you somehow have a service agreement with a funder, you want to make sure that you're clear on what has been performed, what still needs to happen, and how you're going to maybe negotiate any outstanding amount, making sure that the payments that you've received also reflect the work that you've done. Innovative funding tools, I wanted to spend some time talking about these tools because I know that everyone's saying, well, just increase the amount of grants that you're making to an organization or telling funders that. And I think that would be a great solution if we can just automatically increase the funding. But to the extent that that does not happen for whatever reason, I do think that the answer is not, okay, well, then you won't get anything. I think entering a conversation and being able to say, here's another innovative funding tool that we could use and not be knowledgeable enough to raise your hand and say, how about this setup, I think is really beneficial and sometimes critical. I think some of the common elements of innovative funding tools is that, one, it allows funders to retrieve some of the funding that they awarded. Two, is that there's usually a repayment, right, from the grantees or the awardees, but there's no penalties if the tool, the amount is not repaid. There's no funding clawback, so they're not ever going to pull money back from the communities that was served or the grantee itself unless, you know, something has gone wrong in the relationship. And it carefully considers the nonprofit's financial position. So this is going to be an involved conversation to be able to really say, okay, are you, does it make sense to do an innovative funding tool with you? Sometimes funders don't know about these tools. So imagine having a conversation where you're able to say, can we explore this together? I think you show up to that conversation much more informed, knowledgeable, and able to guide that conversation in a way that's helpful for your organization and the communities that you're working with. These are just some examples here, recoverable grants, revolving grants, interest loans, and the definitions are all there. And this, again, if there's interest in finding out more about these things, I'm happy to continue the conversation because i know that this is a lot of information for one webinar and i'm happy to draw this out and make it a series so that we're sharing information in in a good way flexible support the thing that i'll pull out here is again just bringing home the fact that it's not always about funding and getting the actual money in hand it could also be in-kind funding right Do you need extra software licenses? Is there a relationship that you can leverage? You need people support. So do you need a lawyer, for example, to review some of these contracts for events that might be canceled or that were canceled? Things like that. So start to think about, again, your needs and your capacity needs and then making sure that the support meets that. Again, just a call out here that a cash reserve is something that we really should aim to get because having that cushion, a little bit of a cushion is extremely helpful. Another piece is around advocacy to make sure that whatever pain points you're feeling in this particular crisis were likely there before, they're just exacerbated. And if you are unhappy with the way the ecosystem is set up, the way the funding system is set up, now is the time to consider raising your voice and joining with others to say, let's change this while we have the time. I know that there's Lots of other things happening right now, and you have to focus on how you make sure that the community that you're working with have what they need. But this is the moment also to think about how do we support them longer term and build for sustainability so that in the next crisis, we're not trying to ask for funding in this way or meeting the same pain points that we're, we're flagging. One of the last points I wanted to talk about is crisis management. If this crisis is not shown you already, it is very important to have a dedicated crisis team. I don't mean the folks that are on the executive team, the senior leadership team in your organization. I mean a dedicated crisis team. It is a group of cross-disciplinary people who are able to provide a response for the organization in a crisis. You also need a crisis management plan and that's what this team works on and that's how they implement it. And it should be shared with the organization. People should know this is our crisis management plan, even at a high level, here is what we're working on, here's what we're struggling with, here's how we plan on implementing it. And I would suggest that you create one now, have a crisis management team, even though we are in the middle of a crisis. And again, having these funding conversations to say, maybe you need a crisis management consultant to help, maybe you need crisis management resources, training. Whatever the capacity needs are, identify them and be informed when you have that conversation with your funders. And remember that crisis management is just one part of a larger risk management plan that you, and protocol that you should already have for your organization. Just in terms of closing points, the thing I'll pull out here is that now is the time to assess and design or redesign your infrastructure. It is the moment that you have to look at your infrastructure gaps your strengths, and be able to build and design an organization that's responding to that. Make sure that the people have what they need to excel and push the organization forward. And also make sure that we are building up our systems, building up our people in such a way that our organizations can thrive, not only now, but moving forward. I want to say really briefly about the action plan, as I mentioned to allow you to be best positioned to negotiate and receive funding to help you determine your funding and capacity needs and understand how to best use general support funding, right? How do you actually do that? So I did want to open up for questions. I know we're a little short on time, but if there are any questions, I would ask you to put them in the Q&A section, not in the chat, just so that I can keep track of them and be able to respond to them. So... Angeline just asked, is the PowerPoint available? Yes, I will send it to everyone after the webinar so that you have a copy of it and you'll be able to have it as a reference. And I also want to say that Angeline is actually the Executive Director of the National Network for Justice, and they are a co-sponsor of this webinar. So thanks to NMJ for co-sponsoring this. So another question is, can you provide more information on the action plan and what it entails? And so the funding action plan is really focused on assessing where you are as an organization, thinking through, when I say governance and structuring, you might say, I don't even know where to start. What are the questions that I should be asking? Who should I be including? Who should I be talking to about how we do our assessment? And it walks you through checklists to understand this is what you should be doing, here are the questions that you're asking, here are the considerations that you should have. It also then helps you create that model of excellence and what it looks like for your organization. Once you have those two things, then it starts to ask questions about how do you start to close that gap between where you are and where you need to be, that model of excellence. Once you've identified, that's what your capacity needs and your infrastructure needs, and once you've identified, okay, this is what I actually need, it then leads you into conversations with a funder and says, okay, what are the kinds of questions that we want to make sure that we're asking for to and of the funder? And so it's really an action plan to get you going. And it also helps you just get oriented to even start the assessment. Can we ask questions after we get the PowerPoint? Yes, you definitely can. And at the end of the PowerPoint, you'll see there's a quick email, there's an email, hello at buildupadvisory.com, where you'll be able to one email with any questions, but also give you the opportunity to talk with me to set up a call. I will show you that right now. So to receive the action plan, this is the email on how to reach out. If you want to schedule a call to discuss anything that we talked about today then just feel free to click on that link or enter that link into your browser and be able to set up a call for us to talk anything through. And there's also, I provided the website for Build Up because I've also written on this specific topic in our latest blog. And so you can find that publication there. And I've also written about general support, flexible support funding for a pretty long time. So there's lots of information on the website if you go to publication. I think we need some follow-up webinars. I agree. And again, just send me an email and say, Nick, I'd love to talk more about this particular thing or anything. That would be super helpful. I would love to set up a series and make sure that we're doing information sharing and knowledge sharing as well. Uh, Can I please receive the action plan? Yes, if you can send me... a quick email and just say action plan or end any other questions you might have, like I'm happy to send it to you that way. I'll also be doing a follow-up email to everyone that has joined. If you want to hire me for help with infrastructure of newer development organizations, do I do that? Yes, I definitely do. I love working with newer organizations. I think that they're the organizations that really need the help more in terms of how to orient themselves to How do we start to build? Why does infrastructure even matter? And then just thinking through how that can work and play out for their own programming. And I think it's the best time to do it, right? Because it's a blank palette, so to speak. And so you're able to create infrastructure at the very beginning, as opposed to later on. And later on is also completely fine. I think whenever you realize that you need to focus on your infrastructure is a great time to do it. And if you think you don't need to focus on your infrastructure, you likely need to focus on the infrastructure. So, yes, that's definitely the work that I do. As I mentioned, I will be sending a follow-up email with the recording of the webinar and the PowerPoint. Thank you all so much for joining. And as I mentioned, if there are other things that you have questions about or would like to have a webinar on, please just share them with me. I'd love to get ideas. And I've already been talking with people about making this more into a series. So please let me know. Again, thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your day.
1: And that concludes this week's episode. We are curious to know how you are approaching funding conversations at this time. What has changed or remained the same? And what are you taking from this episode to help you build bravely? Send us your responses, comments, and questions to hello at buildupadvisory.com.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Nonprofit Buildup. To access the show notes, additional resources, and information on how you can work with us, please visit our website at buildupadvisory.com. We invite you to listen again next week as we share another episode about scaling impact by building infrastructure and capacity in the nonprofit sector. Keep building bravely.